Hey, everybody. Welcome to season two of the Defy podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Troutman. And this season, we're doing something a little different. We're still going to be telling incredible stories of amazing women and non-binary individuals, obviously, but we are going to be focusing this season more on entrepreneurs, people who are in leadership positions in business and having a better understanding of how people have approached solving problems with passion, the process that they've used to be able to create something amazing and the profitability that they've been able to achieve as a result. So many of the questions that we get in this podcast are about careers. So we thought, why not double down on this and use all of season two to talk about career and entrepreneurship? So we're glad you're here. We hope you learn something from this episode. We hope you enjoy and laugh in this episode. So come on, guys, let's get started and let's defy. Hey, you guys, I am so excited that for season two of the Defy podcast, we actually have a sponsor. It's true. We have a sponsor and our sponsor is one of my favorite ABA organizations in the state of Arizona, and that is Arizona Autism United, also known as AZA United. AZA United has been serving the greater Phoenix area since 2006. And I know this because their CEO and founder is one of my close friends, Dr. Aaron Blocker-Rubin. And I've had the opportunity to work alongside Aaron to meet some of his staff and to really have a clear understanding of the vision that AZA United has, which is to be a model of best practices that provides statewide comprehensive services for persons with autism of all ages. AZA United offers ABA treatment, speech therapy, counseling, diagnostic evaluations, and clinical family coaching. You might be asking yourself, that's awesome, Sarah. I'm really excited that AZA United is doing this great work, but why are they sponsoring the Defy Community Podcast? They're sponsoring this podcast because Aaron saw something in this podcast that they really value at AZA United, and that is creating meaningful connections, uh, approaching your work, being your authentic self. And he really felt like there might be someone in our audience that would be a good fit for them. So if you're interested in learning more about what a career at AZA United might look like, I welcome you to check out their website. I have linked it to the show notes. They are hiring all different types of positions from behavior analysts to RBTs to administrative staff. And take it from me, it's a good place to be surrounded by people that are doing great work that are super motivated to help individuals with autism live their best lives. So a big thank you to AZA United for sponsoring the Defy Community Podcast and make sure to go check them out. The link to their website is in the show notes. Thanks guys. ready to go I'm ready. it's season <laughs> two what what episode one hey hey <laughs> oh my gosh i can't believe it it is season two episode one of the defy community podcast what's up everybody i'm sarah i'm your host and i am so happy that you decided to take a listen today okay so it's a brand new season and let me talk really briefly about how this is going to be different than season one. So season one of the Defy podcast was all about incredible stories 
of women and non-binary individuals who had persevered through incredible circumstances and how they had used, you know, kind of behavior science to find a pathway forward. And that was really fun. And I love every story that was shared. Like every story was so precious. But we've received a lot of feedback from our community and from our listeners that they would love more focused content regarding work and business and how to like slay at work and business. So when I was thinking of all of the different guests that we could have for this season and kind of like having an arc of the season in terms of what do we want to talk about and how do we want to talk about it, um, serendipitously, Gina Kershaw, who was our guest today. Oh, hello, Gina. Oh, hello. Hello. Uh, emailed me and was like, hey, Sarah, you know, I'm launching this new course. I think this might be something that the Defy community would, you know, enjoy. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. So this entire first episode, obviously you guys are going to learn more about Gina and her incredible story because I love every woman's story. But really what we're going to talk a lot about today is how and why your mindset and your identity about yourself is like everything when it comes to being incredible at whatever work or business that you want to do. And Gina's created this really incredible, you know, process and method to really think about this. But first, Gina, I think we need to talk about how we know each other yes. uh, because it's like <laughs> not a story that I think people will expect. Uh, so let me stay, set the stage here. Uh, Ms. Kershaw, you have a uh, a Juris Doctorate, so you are an attorney. You yep. also have an MBA. You have yep. – do you have four kids? Yep. And also Sophia the Bulldog, <laughs> who even has her own Instagram that talks all about her beautiful life that she lives in Orange County, California. She is incredible. But the reason that I know <laughs> Gina is because Gina is the brains and design behind the Defy Community website. And – Let's be clear. Gina, can you just kind of share with everybody how you like fell into like website design? Because you are incredible at this. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> well, it's actually kind of a funny story because I've been a lawyer for a long time. And it, at some point, we can talk about this later, decided to pivot. And uh, I really just wanted to you know, build a personal development course and system for women because my passion really is helping women and helping women find their true potential and and having the courage to go after it. Mm -hmm. And so as I was preparing my own business and getting it set up, I started building my own website on Kajabi, mm -hmm. which I love, and putting a course together. And lo and behold, I figured out that it was something I was really good at. So I, um, I had a, you know, the vision for setting up websites so they're beautiful, but I also have this like very nerdy structure organized part of me too. So I was able to figure out all, all the loops and, you know, circles in building up website. And so, yeah, so I thought, well, this is a good idea. I can do this for other people while I'm building my own business. So just set myself up as a freelancer and, and Sarah found me. 
Yeah. I mean, I remember when initially we started working with you, Carol, uh, my Defy co-founder was like, so Gina, who's designing our website, <laughs> I think is probably one of the smartest people that I have ever met. And, you know, she is so warm and so passionate about this mission that we have. She's like, but I think she's also like an attorney. I think she also um, has her own courses. And so but she's like really excited about, you know, working with us. And so this has been, you've been a gift to us. Thank you. It's been mutual. It's been so <laughs> fun. So, but let's, you know, create a little more context in terms of who you are. And, you know, then we'll really kind of obviously get into the whole your today story method and, and really talking about mindset. And it all starts with you growing up in a family that was really focused on education as the pathway right. to success. Right. That's all I ever heard growing up. Um, it was constantly driven into me from day one that I had to have good grades. I had to go to a good college so I could get a good job and then I could have a good life. Like it, that was the only way in the timeline that I was presented as a child that I could actually be happy and be successful. Go to college, get a job, then you're happy. It was always presented to me like that. And so that's what I did. That's all I ever knew is I have to do this. And it was always, you know, you have to do, you have to do, you have to do in order to become something else. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's just was my way of life until probably five years ago. Right. So it's like, picture it. You were a very successful criminal defense trial attorney, spent right. a lot of your time in, in court you did this for 15 years in kind of like the, you know, San Bernardino, kind of greater Los Angeles area. So I think for a lot of people looking at the, you know, previous iteration of Gina, they'd be like, oh my gosh, like she has it going on. She has a great marriage. She has all these kids, you know, she is, you know, stunning and articulate and has this like really high powered job. But what really shifted for you while you were, you know, doing all of these trials and especially as you encountered women in your line of work? Right. So I've always had this passion for helping women. And I think that's truly my dharma. I just didn't realize how I could use it at, when I was uh, practicing law full time. But I was always in court. I was assigned cases. I was not a public defender, but I was part of a, a panel of attorneys that would get defendants if they were coming through the system and they weren't able to hire their own counsel. And so I didn't have a lot of choices in the types of cases I received. Um, what that meant was that I got some very serious cases. I was handling gang murder cases. I had some pretty serious child abuse cases that I was counsel on. And it just became, um, it, you know, watching, watching people go through the system and particularly women uh, who were put in situations, you know, like that, I just felt like the system was, um, it, it wasn't doing its best for, for most of these people that I had encountered. And so with regard to women specifically, when you have a system that's, that was designed truly to incarcerate men, although there's programs and there's a lot of help for women who get into trouble, the system, the court system, the prosecuting attorneys, the judges, probation, they weren't always um, that interested in finding the best result 
for mm-hmm. women. So I felt like I was I was really trying to become an advocate for women, um, not only to help them you know, circumvent their you know the challenge that they were facing in the system and try to help them get back on their feet, but also just to kind of mentor them and and help them see that there was so much more for them because many of them were young and just starting out in their lives and and at that point creating their own story about who they were mm-hmm. because of the circumstances they were in and ultimately i just became very disillusioned with the whole system and how it worked and uh, you know everybody always assumes the court system is fair it's not fair. <laughs> I think the not, last year and a half has taught us not very clearly that the court system, I mean, all years yeah. prior, but definitely this last year and a half, I think if anyone had any kind of like, hmm, I'm not sure, maybe it is or maybe it isn't. I think we know now. Yeah, we not do. Fair. We do. And as somebody who experienced it firsthand every day for 15 years plus, um, just seeing how subjective every, you know, different people were treated in the system. Um, it was at one point I just thought, I, you know, I think I, I had turned 45 and I thought, I don't want to do this for the next 20 years. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not advocating in the best way that I can for women, which mm-hmm. is what I truly want to do. And I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I feel kind of lost within the system because I'm not getting anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so this so. is this is my favorite part of the story. <laughs> so what Gina decided to do was walk away. Yeah. Just walk away. What did your okay, so what did your parents think about this? Since you grew up in a family of origin where it's like education's everything, the education's a pathway to your job, you're an attorney. Like most parents would be like, oh, so proud. Look at my daughter, she's this like high-powered criminal, you know, defense trial lawyer. And then you're like, bye, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, that's something you just hit on something that was that was one of the things that made it so hard because my husband was very supportive, you know, walking away from that type of job, I was walking away from a a large salary. I was walking away from prestige, I was walking away from a community. And so that part was hard, but you know, the part with my parents, that that was kind of that was kind of crazy because like I said, I was in my forties, mm-hmm. right? Like you should be able to do what you want at that point in your life. One would think, but <laughs> you know, think. as someone who is also uh, in my mid forties and I just saw my parents last weekend in Seattle, you know, it, it still matters. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're like the 15 year old daughter, the 25 year old daughter, or like the middle-aged daughter, like your parents' opinion of you, it still counts. Yeah. Well, I think my dad just really enjoyed being able to, you know, kind of say, well, my daughter's an attorney and mm-hmm. she did this and she does this. And and so he didn't speak to me for four months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it was it was very hard to start pulling him back in. Yeah. Especially, you know, when I was doing these other jobs that he felt like were were beneath me, but that were truly feeding me and helping me like find myself again. Uh, yeah, he he didn't speak to me. I, I could say our relationship really has never been the same yeah. since, since that happened. Like we talk, but it's never been the same now that he can't introduce me the way he wants to. Yeah. And I think that that's one of those hard, like collateral damage of brave yeah. decisions sometimes yeah. is understanding like, 
Okay. And I don't know if this is kind of your thought process when making kind of like a major, you know, life decision. I definitely felt this way, for example, when uh, I decided that I was going to get divorced after being married for 14 years and I have two children and that's not what people in my family do. But just thinking like, okay, Sarah, I got I got one life to live, just one. And who do I want to be? What am I all about? And am I by being or trying to be who I want to be, am I doing things that are consistent with that or are they inconsistent? And is this bringing, you know, like abundance and breathing life into me or is it taking it out? Right. And that's been kind of how I've made a lot of decisions is, and not to say that it's selfish per se, but more of like, I, I want to feel like I'm doing things that matter um, and that do, again, do things that really you know, breathe life to me. And if I, if those, if I'm doing things that aren't, that's not consistent with my values. And, and I just, I choose to not live a life that's inconsistent with my values. Yeah. And you know what? It may be selfish, but I feel like that's okay. Like I was living my parents' story yeah. until my 40, you know, my, my mid forties. Yeah. And at some point, um, and I don't even know exactly what the moment of truth was, but it happened. And I thought I, I, it's time for me to live my own story. Yeah. And if it means that I have to let these other things go, um, it's that's just going to have to be how it is. Amen to that. And my favorite part of the next part of your story is you're like, Sarah, I walked away from this and I took a job at Anthropology, <laughs> <laughs> which is like straight up one of my like favorite places to go. Anthropology, let's be clear, has some of the most overpriced clothes, but very good sales. But I yeah. believe uh, incredible candle collection. And every time I walk into a store, I was at the anthropology store this past, uh, Saturday in Seattle. I am just like automatically calmer and everything smells great. And like all of the like color and texture reflects back to me. And it's just a great place to yeah. be. <laughs> it was funny when I went in for the interview because the, the general manager was like, why are you, why do you, why are you here? Right. She didn't understand why I was even applying for the job. And truly, I just needed some creativity in my life. I needed to be around nice people. I needed to be around beautiful things. Mm -hmm. And so when she said, I can only pay you $10 an hour, I was like, that's fine. Yeah. So I mean, because I wasn't there for the money yeah. at all. I, I needed the atmosphere. Yeah. And the discount didn't hurt either, by the way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I've already, you know, established that my next phase um, of my career is either going to be at a Sephora because this is where <laughs> I spend a disproportionate percentage of my disposable income or working for an airline company so oh, yeah. I can obtain travel discounts because travel is like my favorite thing to do. So no, I, I feel that deeply. I want to talk about a piece of kind of like how you've structured your mindset method around the be, do, have model. And by the way, I'm titling this episode, Be, Do, Have. because Oh, like, yay. I love that. Right? Yes. It's yes. so on brand, Sarah. Cha-ching. But most people have it backwards and they function from a have, do, be model. Can you talk mm -hmm. about why it's so important to establish your identity first versus being focused on the have? Yeah, but um, just to start with what the have do be model is, and it's it really 
it's found everywhere. I think probably 95% of people run their lives by it. Uh, like what I was saying, I have to have an education to go to work than to have a good job. But it really, you can find it in anything. Like, for example, even if you were thinking about going on a diet, if you go into Barnes and Nobles, like there, there's hundreds of books on on how to, you know, do the right diet. Mm -hmm. And so it's this thought of, I have to find the right way or the right book so that now I can do this and then I can be, you know, this better version of myself. Every single, you know, thing that you want to be, for most people, it's there's something you have to do or have to get it. And for most women, it's um, the things are I don't have enough time mm -hmm. or I don't have enough energy or I don't have enough money. So if you're a small business owner or an online entrepreneur like me, you might say, well, if I only had more money, then I could run Facebook ads and then and then I would be successful. Or if I just had this, then I would be able to get this job and then people would respect me. So it's really a, just a way that we're so patterned, but it's mm -hmm. a truly a broken system. Mm -hmm. So the way that I've learned it is the best way for you to actually have the things that you want and ha have the life that you want is to be that person first. So it's be, do, have is the model. Um, Jim Fortin, I don't know if you know who he is. He's a incredible mindset coach. Um, he's is he the digital CEO mindset coach? Oh, that's James Wedmore. James, he's, okay. yeah. I'm, like, he's, I'm getting my J's confused. They're, they all kind of work together, but okay. Um, Jim Fortin, I think, is the one who first came up with this be, do, have model. And this was something he said. He's like, he says, everything is you in the mirror. So everything's just you in the mirror. If you want to know who you are being right now, just look around. Mm -hmm. Look at your life. Look in the mirror. He says, who, who you are in the mirror is your way of being. So the question I'm asking you right now is what is the number way of being and when because life reflects you 100% when you start being that way, your life starts being that way. So I like to think of like, even um, like an NFL player, yeah. for example, I love NFL players. I love the NFL. I can't wait to start going to those games oh again. Oh my gosh. Sidebar, Harold and I went to an NBA game a month and Ooh. a half ago in Arizona. The, the, you, they're allowed to have, I think, like 10% capacity. And I realized, I'm like, I love professional sports. I love the NFL. I love the NBA. Major League Baseball, not as much, but I'm a, yeah. a big football, uh, basketball person. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've missed watching yeah. competitive sports. It's been like – 14 months. I will say not the same thing without like the big crowds and energy. It's not, but I'll take that over nothing. So anyways, yes, let's use, let's use your NFL analogy. Go ahead, girl. <laughs> so, so NFL analogy here, uh, the sports analogy, but when you think about, um, you know, affirmations and things like that, that people that we, we've been starting to learn more about, like if I just say I am capable or I am this, you know, I, I'm productive. Those are all helpful, but if you are thinking about somebody like an NFL player, what would be the kinds of things that 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 person would say? So, like, I can run, you know, the forty fast. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I can lift certain amount of weight. Um, I practice daily. So there would be certain affirmations that that person would have. But if you want to be an NFL player, all of those things are all built in 
to that being. Mm -hmm. So when you can think instead on the terms of who are you being, you're if you're going to be a person like that, then you're going to be doing certain things. So you don't even have to have all those affirmations because you just start being mm -hmm. that person. Well, and did that, did that make sense? No, totally. And I think okay. this goes along the lines of, and I talked to you about this earlier, some of, I like James Clear. He wrote this book, Atomic Habits. I'll link it to the show notes for this podcast as well. And, you know, obviously like I'm a behavior analyst, so I always look at life from a more behavioral science lens. I know that our, you know, our environment is what can, you know, shape our behaviors to, to do certain things or not do certain things, et cetera. And he has a really interesting perspective of like, hey, listen, it's great to have, you know, these goals. And I think that you could even put like in the, you know, the have, do, be model. It's like the have is like the goals. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I am someone like, I'll be happy, you know, like when I make $100,000 a year or, you know, you lose 10 pounds or these are kind of goals that we have. Um, but his whole focus, you know, really is more aligned with what you're saying is, is like, hey, if you really want to create, you know, long-term sustainable behavior change, you have to know who you are first and also you have to be really obsessive about your process um, because if you know who you are and you, under, you know, understand the process, those goals, you know, you'll achieve those goals and you do those. But also if we only focus on the have, then what happens when you get there? Then who are you? Right. And, and then what come, comes next versus really I think what you're saying, fundamentally really understanding who you are, who you want to be in the world and – doing that and that A is a way for you to kind of bring more abundance into your environment and life and in whatever way you, you know, are choosing because of your, you know, kind of identity and, and how that informs your actions. Um, but also that it's this like constant process and, you know, it's that whole, I don't know if this is like a Buddhist thing. It's like, you know, the journey is the destination. And I think, and again, in our culture, I think so many, so often for women, um, we are socialized to compare. We are with, you know, to other people. We are, you know, socialized, you know, and taught at a very early age, especially if you are in business or in leadership, that I'm going to have to be twice as better than, you know, especially my male counterparts because I am, you know, judged harsher. I am, you know, assigned, you know, um, adjectives that or attributes that are not necessarily associated, that are positively, you know, associated. And so if I can just get here, then that means I've arrived. If I, this happens, mm -hmm. then that means that then my, you know, my life is great. But I think you and I both know that we've gotten to different places in our careers, especially that for some people that might represent like, well, you have arrived and yet there was no like the happiness wasn't there and the the, the fulfillment wasn't there. And not to say that there weren't great parts or things that we really enjoyed, but that's because I think, you know, similar to you, I feel like I was socialized for like the have, do, be model and what I'm trying to do in this like kind of like second phase of, of my career in life is flip it. Yeah. Just flip it. Yeah. The have to be, um, is really an outside in mm -hmm. model. So you're always looking for something to change on the outside so that you can be happier. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really to make it, you know, the simplest explanation. So if I, if I could only get that job or if I can only be in that relationship or if I can only have a family um, or if I can only live in that neighborhood, then I'll be happy. It's always outside in. Mm -hmm. 
And with the be, do, have model, you you start really knowing truly who you are and you start living in that identity. And then what happens is you're able to take more aligned action to having what you truly want. So it's this idea of becoming first. And, you know, because we're so programmed to do it the other way, it's not always that easy to figure out how to get into that right mindset of being. It's a little tricky, but if you can figure it out and just start start actually living your life in that way, you're, you're so surprised at just simply how your day goes, because instead of doing one thing, you might take this more aligned action doing something else because you're feeling inside who you truly are. Mm-hmm. And you end up being more productive. You end up being more happier without all the outside changes that you thought you needed. Mm-hmm. You don't need those. Yeah. I want to be really clear, especially in season two, and I talked to you about this a little earlier as well, that I want everyone that comes on the podcast to share a little bit of of their secret sauce. And what I believe in are are the four Ps as it comes to, you know, especially uh, women and non-binary uh, entrepreneurship. And they're these. Passion, problem, process, profits. And so can you just kind of go through really quickly in terms of like what's your passion? I mean, you've kind of stated it. We can restate it. You have a passion for helping women really kind of be their best selves but then like how what are the specific problems that you're addressing in the work that you're doing how did you establish your your process and then how does that inform profitability for you right so my passion is women i i see so much potential in women and that it probably started a lot with with the work i was doing in law too but the problem that i see is that most women are just running on autopilot mm-hmm. So um, there is a there is a law of I guess it's called the universal law uh, law of nature called the hypnotic rhythm, mm-hmm. and you see it in the seasons like you know spring, summer, fall, winter. You can kind of picture the tree that's like changing, mm-hmm. but nature nature there's a hypnotic rhythm in nature, and naturally human beings can fall into that too unless we use our brains to kind of you know jiggle it around a little bit. But if you're doing the same things every day, you're waking up, you're you're going to work, you're getting the kids off, you have lunch, whatever. Like you you can see you get into this rhythm and before you know it, your time is gone. And I you know, I've talked to women in their 50s who now, you know, in this past year have stopped working and I and I'm trying to direct them onto this new path out of their autopilot mm-hmm. because Many of them have said to me, I don't know what I want to do now. I don't know what I can do. And I'm like, well, what do you love? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you, what lights you up? I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't have anything. Well, come on. Like, well, what did you do in your work that you really love to do? Well, I did this. Well, my gosh, you could teach other women how to do that. That's so valuable. Oh, I don't know how I would do that. You know, like they, they're just so, they're so stuck. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's the problem. I look at that and I'm and I see this beautiful, you know, talented, unique person in front of me and wonder like, why don't you see your potential? Yeah. Cause I and how how can I help you find yeah. it? How can I help you find your purpose? Yeah. And so that's really where this whole idea um for my business came up is I really want women 
to not only see their potential, but to, to be able to find what their purpose is, yeah. discover their purpose. And then actually my program, Your Today's Story, is it's basically a two-minute mindset hack, that morning routine that you do every day where you, the first thing in the morning, instead of jumping into to-do lists and every all these other thoughts about your day, you do this one mindset trick where you get in tune with your identity. You get in tune with, so you can have a be, do, have day. And, and hopefully, like, I feel like one day or two days of doing that, you already see the changes that you can have in your life. And, you know, I, I'm not in this so much to make money, but of course, you know, that's, that's awesome. I love mm-hmm. to travel too. I'd love for it to be a multi-million dollar business, I guess. But um, more than that, I, um, I just really think that such a difference can be made in the world if, if, if women can stop living on autopilot and like really start living who they really are, that I think I would find to be the most rewarding thing. Yeah. And also part of your process in terms of, you know, this second phase for you in your life and and your work has been also getting educated yourself. It's, you know, taking classes, it's listening to Mm -hmm. different podcasts, it's discovering, you know, this like new website development talent that you're like, who knew? Gina Kershaw, JD, MBA, also (laughs) was a website guru. That's a hashtag fact, but that also you were able to do that to bring in additional income stream while you've been building this program. And, you know, just so people understand, the Defy website is also hosted on the Kajabi platform. And, you know, so Gene is a Kajabi partner, Defy is a Kajabi partner. And what I really like about Kajabi is fundamentally this platform is built for e-courses. And this has become this like multi-billion dollar industry. And it's been really, people are really into it because, you know, you can, you can take, anyone can take a e-course if something is interesting to you. And, you know, really, really great e-courses offer people the opportunity to, to transform their lives and they can be fun. And, you know, depending on the um, kind of presentation, sometimes you can do them, you know, synchronously or, or asynchronously, but it's just been such a, for me, creative outlets um kind of to what you were saying earlier too gina is just like i love i love being creative too and to be able to offer someone something that like hey this is something i've i've done this research i'm I'm presenting this information to you because i'm i'm passionate about this here's the the problem that i want to address and here's this method and process that i'm introducing to you but also you know if you position this right and you know we had our pre-meeting and i saw in your office you have your whole calendar laid out on how you are you know launching this course was the pre-launch how you know like you were the one that reached out to me like hey i think mm-hmm. this might be a really good idea for the podcast like you know i get that like you're not necessarily in it for the money but girl you're hustling and you have been relentless um in your pursuit of your passion and how your passion is going to address a problem and from my perspective again if you, and you have that process down that is the pathway to to profitability and so i'm really excited for this because this isn't like the first time you've done this you have a, a lot of different experience but i love as a behavior analyst, you know, one of the other things that, that we had talked about is the whole idea of, of sometimes the, the simplest thing is the right answer. And that's called parsimony right. in science, right? Like the simplest answer is the best answer. And, you know, also looking at humans and that fundamentally we are going to distribute our behavior to things that get us the result that we want the fastest. Uh, it's called matching law in behavior analysis. And so I love 
your today's story and the whole idea of doing this like two minute, you know, exercise when you first wake up in the morning, because this is a really simple answer to really helping you conceptualize your identity on a daily basis. And again, like to, you know, James Clear's work, it's that habit building. And he's like, if you don't do it every day, it's a hobby. But if you do it every day, it's a habit. And those are two different things. And that life, it's just this like consistency over time. And not to say that you want to get to that autopilot, which you talked about earlier, but that you want to be able to live every day present and aligned with your identity. And that starts with the first thing that you do when you wake up. Right. And, and if you think about it, like when you wake up in the morning, imagine days where you you knew you had something on your schedule that was going to be very difficult. Maybe it was going to be a difficult conversation or, you know, somebody you had to see that you were, you know, you didn't want to see, like you woke up in the morning and just, you can almost feel it as I'm even talking to you about, like you feel this dread mm -hmm. as you open your eyes and then compare that to a morning where you wake up and something exciting is going to happen. Like you're going somewhere, it's a Disney day or, you know, um, it's Christmas morning or it's or, an anthropology sale day. I mean, there could or, be, that. yeah, or it's an anthro day or, or you're going to leave on a trip that day to go mm -hmm. someplace that you've always dreamed of going. Like that feeling is so different, but you can see how it just suffuses through like all of all parts of your body mm -hmm. and how it can have such a huge impact on your day. And so this first thought that you think in the morning is really going to impact all of your decision-making capabilities during the day and how productive you are, how focused you are, how committed you are because of the feeling and all of the vibration that you have going on in your body. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty exciting to think about, you know, how you can affect your day um, intentionally yeah. that way um, because, you know, we, we just don't usually do it. Usually just wake up and, and start going through the to-do list and just start in the day. Checking the boxes. Just like every other day. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And I think especially during the pandemic, I watched a, a TikTok earlier today and just full disclosure, I'm not a big TikTok person. I'm, I'm not their target audience. Um, but this woman was really funny. She was just like holding her coffee mug, staring into the camera. And she's like, do you guys feel like there's just been like a lot of days and it's just all just the <laughs> same day. And I'm like, I feel this deeply. I feel this deeply. Yeah. And so I also, you know, think as we're kind of, you know, emerging out of, you know, this shit show of COVID, it's, there's really, I mean, there's no better time in your life than like literally now to, right. you know, invest in yourself, to live the life that you want, because, you know, I have learned uh, acutely that it it's short, man. Um, and, you know, I mean, I hate that, you know, that like cheesy phrase of like live every day, like it's your last, but like, yeah. seriously do that. Yeah. Um, okay. So if people are interested in yes. getting on the, your today story train, like, what does that mean? So obviously you gave me a super awesome affiliate link link, which I have for your course, which I've linked <laughs> yes, to yes. The, the show notes for, for this episode, because again, this is, this is an e-course that someone mm -hmm. can sign up for. Right. Um, and so you're having, I think the cart's going to be open. This episode is going to be dropping May 5th and the cart is open for this course. What is it? May 3rd to May 10th? Yes. May 3rd through the, May 10th. Okay. And so people can sign up for this course. They will receive a, a discount by being part of the, the Defy community. And your course is all about like a deeper dive on like 
how do you do this? And how do right. you get, especially for, you know, for women, get to this place where you can realize your full potential, you can be clear about your identity, you can live from the inside out versus from the outside in. Right. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So like, let me ask you a question. Cause like <laughs> you're, do you have one or two daughters? I have three daughters and one oh son. God. Oh, you have three daughters? Okay. I thought you had like two and two, three daughters. Okay. So how how have, has your parenting for especially your girls shifted as you've had this shift? Um, and would they – do you feel like they – that they're like totally into this model too? Like are they down with they're like, oh, yeah, my mom like talked to me about this. Like I totally get this. Or are they like, oh, that's just my mom. She's like, you know, doing her like middle-aged like, you know, career shift thing. It might be a little of both. <laughs> You know, I think I have huge buy-in yeah. from from all of my kids. Mm-hmm. I talk about it um, incessantly, yeah. honestly, about like what their potential is and to keep learning and growing until they figure out like, you know, what they're meant to do in mm-hmm. life and to not be limited by, you know, glass ceilings or anything mm-hmm. else. I've encouraged all of them to go to work for themselves yeah. because then there's not a glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I hated when I was working at as an attorney and I couldn't go to things like my kids' school assemblies. And, you know, I had to ask permission for a day off to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, like I I was constantly felt like I was asking permission for things. So I've been from the very beginning, just telling them like, you don't want to ask permission to live your life. You have to, you have to work for yourself and, um, and you need to figure out, you know, what, what that means for you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, part of this course, the beginning part of it, which I think is super critical, is just getting a very clear vision on what it is that you want. Because, you know, like I was talking about this, one of the women that I had talked to who didn't really know what she could do with her life, by the way, this pandemic has, it's really like shifted everybody out of autopilot. I mean, it, it has. And in been that way, in that I'm way. grateful for that. I'm yeah. grateful for it. like because we needed a shift. We needed yeah, a, a total shift. shift. This so was working for, for almost everybody. So yeah, for people that were you know in the same profession for years and years, and then all of a sudden that you know that profession was shut down. Mm-hmm. So, like for her, I was asking what what kind of things did you do that you liked doing? She said, "Well, I was kind of the person who would when resumes would come in, I would sort through them and decide which ones were going to go to the next step." I was like. Hello. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That is so valuable. Like you could coach people just on how to write a resume so it gets from here to there. Yep. And she's like, really? Yes, I girl. could do that. So it's like, I think for just to help women analyze their skills mm-hmm. and what they're good at and, and not to think like, oh, well, that wasn't a very big deal. That's not important. It is. Yeah. Like I would do a course on, you know, how to write a good resume to get it from this a desk to b desk mm-hmm. right so so just finding out what it is that could be your passion that you could do something with and like with your pp p p <laughs> is it four p's four p's baby <laughs> yes the four p's you know something like that would be so simple like you see a need here's yep. the process yep. and changing people's lives and making money yes too and it it can be as simple as that so the beginning of the course is really getting clarity on what your vision is and and what you think that you want your life to look like yeah and then kind of teaching how to actually start 
being able to pull those feelings up in the morning that will get your vibration right Mm -hmm. so that you can be aligned. You can find your purpose. You can kind of get those things meshed together. And like literally within a week, your life is changing. It's Mm -hmm. changing. And you start to see how it can be so much better. And they just get better and better at it. Mm -hmm. No, I I couldn't agree more. And I realized, you know, after I because I think you know this, like I ran a behavioral health company for 15 years. I exited, you know, two years ago. I also decided to like get divorced during that same time. So I went through a divorce of four, for a marriage of 14 years and then running a business for 15 years. And then, you know, I had to like look myself in the mirror and be like, oh shit. Like, yeah. well, who am I now? Because I've been so focused on that have, do, be. Like, well, I am this. I am, you know, like I have to be like, I have this job and, and I'm the do the CEO thing and then like I'm the spouse and, and I'm the mom and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I feel unmoored and it was this like jarring, gut-wrenching process but also especially then you add the pandemic onto that. So this was a real treat for me. Uh, <laughs> but it was, You've got the trifecta. Right? Um, but it allowed me, like you said, I mean to really fully and truly understand – that in order to do all the things I need to really figure out who I am and what I am all about. And that's that inside out. And that provides you with like incredible amount of like clarity and freedom. And that's pretty great. And this is, you know, really the the springboard for the great stuff, especially as it comes to, you know, being more of an entrepreneur because, you know, you are going to have to be, I mean, you are your brand's ambassador, right? Like your today's story is Gina. You're the brand, you know, the Defy community that, that is me. That's Carol. That's Cammie. That's Danielle. You know, we are the brand. And so we and people can like they can see through the bullshit. I mean, like we are in a culture now where they're like, if it's not authentic, I'm not interested in it. No one wants it all perfect and every like people are so over that. And again, yeah. I, I kind of thank the pandemic for that. Of like, really, can we all be honest that we're wearing sweats when we're on our Zoom calls and we may or may not have showered in the last 48 hours? And guess what? We're all fine. Um, so I just, you know, I would encourage everyone, even though this work sometimes can be emotionally intense, especially if we're kind of holding onto things like our parents' perceptions of us, our perceptions of ourselves, maybe our partner's perceptions, um, long-held ideas. Uh, But you don't want to engage in um, something that Adam Grant, he's another writer I love, would call like identity foreclosure, which is being attached to like who you are and and what you do prematurely without actually doing your own due diligence on yourself. That's what happened to me. Yeah. It's exactly what happened happened to me. Like for so many people, it's like, I went to law school. I'm an attorney now. I'm Mm -hmm. a lawyer. That's who I am. And then it just becomes, you know, the, and you're like, wait, I'm Gina. Sure. I practice law and that's been something that's great, but also, but I'm, I'm not a lawyer. Like I am someone that passionately believes in the potential of women and I'm going to like work my ass off to help them figure it out uh, because I figured it out and damn, it feels good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly what I want on my tombstone. Right. (laughs) It's a totally different way of thinking. And I want like on my tombstone, I want like firecrackers going off like at like all different times of day. Um, Yeah. Live, like just live loud. So your today's story, 
Yeah. You guys check it out. The link. Also, Gina has a, her podcast. You guys can't see this because we're um, this is only audio, but Gina has her whole like fancy podcast studio. You even have one of those like nice round things that helps make sure that you're not like enunciating too hard on like the the P's. I need to put one on my microphone too. I've noticed in some episodes, I'm like all the P's are like super pronounced. Um, and you have like your like, you know, perfect headphones and everything. So like basically you're a pro is what I'm saying. And and I really appreciate it. But again, I really did want to start out this season with your episode to just kind of set the stage for we're not going to be talking about like how fast can we get you to, you know, six or seven figures and like da 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 da. But like, girl, for reals, the work starts on the inside. It starts with being clear with your identity. That's a choice that you have to make on a daily basis. And that allows you to then open up the rest of your life to really living through that identity. And that's that's the good stuff. That is the good stuff. Thank you so much for listening to the Defy podcast. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this as much as we enjoyed making it. You can listen to this podcast on all of the podcast platforms. We would love your feedback. Please tell us what you think. We also invite you to follow us on all of our social platforms. We're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. We're even on TikTok. And if you ever have an idea of something that you'd like us to talk about in a podcast or just want to shoot us a note, please feel free to email us. You can email me, Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at defy.community. And guess what? I promise that I'll respond. So I hope you have a great rest of your day and get out there and go defy, baby. Yeah.